Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is September 25th, 2019. It is also um, Wednesday, but not only Wednesday, Relationship Wednesday. And today's show, it's talking about partners in our lives. Why do we seek partners? Why is that such a dominating force in our lives, sometimes with huge issues, and we stay there? Um, it's not really supported that easily by community. You know, you have children. It costs a lot of money to do everything. Um, I remember when we were younger and people were together, it was like, you know, as a married couple, they would have better tax um, issues, you know, where they can fix them or deduct a lot and, you know, buying a house, having kids, doing this, doing that. It was like we were being rewarded. And now everything's like this big abyss with schools and trying to get your kid in a good school. It's just life just changed. And as a result of it, we have more people not getting married, younger people. So why, what is it in partnerships that we seek? And what do we want back from them? Other than the fact that we were taught to pair off from pretty early on. But what does it mean to our lives to have somebody there? And it's not about not wanting to be alone because a lot of younger people are choosing to not get married or at least not get married yet. They see the responsibilities. A lot of them are products of divorce, so they understand that that's, you know, a possibility. They see financial devastation when their parents get divorced. They see their life go from one home with two parents to two homes smaller homes usually, depending on the financial situation, to two parents. And in all of that, though, we still seek each other. Even the nature of relationships, all the different titles for people, so many different trans titles, so many different um, same-sex titles, so many different titles for heterosexual relationships, but they're all different, but they're all partnerships. I even read about and heard about, you know, even people who date couples, like one person. I don't know if it's a man or a woman or either, but they date couples, people that are already couples. So, why do we feel happier being with others other than the obvious? Like, yeah, we want to interact, and yes, it makes us feel good. But to make it part of our everyday life, even when the situations bring stresses, growth, make us feel uncomfortable, sometimes it defeats, we defeat ourselves being in a relationship. Somebody's manipulating us, gaslighting us, hitting us. Maybe they have addictive problems. 
And people say, well, why didn't you leave? And they look at you like, wow, I never even thought of that as an option. Or we threatened it, but now you have kids involved. But what is it about relationships, going back to that question, that attracts us and keeps us seeking, even after facing hardships? In past relationships or in the current one? There's that draw, that attraction, that hopefulness that things will be different, things will be better, it will be so much fun. The fantasy of it all. Learning to fix things together, sharing, burdens. working out our trust issues, our insecurities, looking for a safe place to do that are all reasons why we go. So I did something before coming to today's show. I looked at the animal kingdom. I said, well, you know, animals get together. They have families. Usually the mother is left with the children. In some cases, the mother's stronger than the male. But penguins mate for life. They stay with their partner until they die. But not all animals do. And I thought, not all people do either. But we have judgments placed on it, and we have all these other pressures placed on it. And then I took it a step further to what people do. What do what did people decide to do with the partnerships people have? Well, we decided to make it legal. It's not just that you get married and you have a party in your town and everybody knows you're married. We turned marriages into a legal piece of paper. And then as time went on, we added to that piece of paper that just says you're married, things like tax write-offs, things like financial incentives to do so. But while we were doing that, we never thought about what would happen if that marriage dissolved. And we found out that it makes people very angry. Some people even go as far as killing the partner that they're divorcing over the money that they're going to lose or have to deal with or the children that they're going to have to split time with. So that isn't really working out so well anymore. But it became looked at as a, a sense of financial devastation. And in that, we had attorneys who made a lot more money than sometimes both of the parties in the breakup. And yet still they go back. We all go back. It's not they, we all go back. And we try again. And second marriages, after going through the whole first thing and demonizing the other partner, which is part of the problem, second marriages have a higher rate of divorce than first. And third marriages have a higher rate of divorce than second marriages. 
because people have already gone through the worst of it. They've learned to protect themselves and their assets and their families. And if something isn't healthy, they no longer stay because they know they can leave. And we talked about that in a few shows back. But still, they go right back to the dating sites, and now it's become kind of a game. But still going back. Why do we seek partnership? Because there's a part of us that truly, without question, no matter how damaged we are, no matter how much we've been through, that still believes in love. That belief in love of taking a chance to bring that to our lives, bringing it into our world and trying and putting up with, in quotes, things that maybe we wouldn't have otherwise. Maybe they do things that we would have never done, but we accept because we love them. It means to us hope through that love of what we think a relationship can be. And we keep on trying. We may take long breaks. I've done that. I I didn't even look at it as a break. I was just too busy. But it never left my mind, ever that I did not wish for, want, be drawn to, thinking of the day that I may meet. Or maybe I I was crushing on someone somewhere in there that just held me in place until I got there. But I realized that the reason we have all the problems we have is we have the least preparation in what a partnership means so that fantasy can be whatever we wanted in our head. And it may be so unrealistic that when we get there, we're disappointed. And so I'm thinking, well, you know, we have partnerships. How do we not get disappointed? We've been sold that white horse and we've been sold one way to be the guy coming in and proposing on one knee and, you know, one way only to have a relationship. So we've X'd out everybody else and we've turned our love into a picture and a fantasy. And love is actually way better than any fantasy. People that I've spoken to who have been in partnerships for a long time have lived off of the way they met that fueled them, that fed them, 
that story kept their love alive all those years. And even as they got older, they don't even see what the person looks like. They're incapable of seeing that person age and grow. That They're incapable of seeing that that person they've chosen would ever not be attractive on any day given no matter what they look like. They may laugh at some of this stuff. They may joke about Oh, remember that day you wore that red dress with the big flower on it or whatever. But the memories they have grow wings with time. And when we see people like that, we realize that love isn't the fantasy we were sold. It's much simpler. That when we do seek partners, it's people that once we are with them, we realize like, oh, wow, I did not even have to change. And as time goes on and you tell them your story, and they're like, oh, wow, you went through that. And there may be some things that you may be embarrassed about or ashamed about and you've never shared with anybody else. And when you tell them, the way they respond to you with like, oh, are you still doing that? Or, oh, is that still happening? Oh, no. Oh, okay. And they just go on and here you're thinking you just dropped this bomb. But every bomb you drop is looked at with, well, that's part of you and I, I love you. And I'm okay with that. And what happens is it takes away the sting of the shames and the vulnerabilities along the way. Partnerships are something that are gifts. And we do look at them that way, but sometimes we forget because we feel like if a man doesn't do things a certain way, he doesn't love me. I remember when we were younger, some two girls wrote a book. And I can't remember what it's called now, rules or something, something about rules. But there were two girls. I remember them on Good Morning America. And they were talking about if you want to get the right man and you go out, you don't call him for two days or three days or he shouldn't call you or somebody shouldn't call somebody for like a three-day rule to show you weren't desperate. And I thought, that's such a crock, even then. Because we're like, hey, curb your happiness, curb your excitement. I'm like, why would you do that? That's the fun part of meeting anybody is being excited. That's what you were waiting for. And now from fear and doubt and worry and control that we're putting in there, the other person, if they did not see this whole bag of rules, you're going to think you don't care. And the minute we start playing games, there's no game based on truth. And who wants anyone that we had to manipulate to get as a partner? We don't want to know our partner's manipulatable. Think about that. When we 
lies to someone else. And they believe it. Two things happen that aren't very good for the relationship. One of them is that we don't feel like a good person that we lied. But we also feel bad about the person we lied to because now we think, gosh, they didn't even know I was lying. They might not be that smart. But yet, if they caught you, you would fight them. So there aren't any good outcomes to a lie. Because you can't admit that you lied right away. Sometimes they they might break you down depending on what kind of personality you have. But we don't respect people that believe our lies. And we don't feel good about ourselves for being a liar. So we try to rationalize it. Well, I had to. And then every time you look at them, before you see their face, you see the lies that are living in between the two of you. And still people stay in those partnerships. That's how strong the draw is for us to be together. That's why two is stronger than one. Even if their public persona is giving and they're working in charities and they do all this stuff and then we find out later that they had a horrible marriage, there was still some good to come out of that partnership. And we are willing to take that risk. Because that love that we are looking for, that we bank on, that we know runs life, that undercurrent, that if it's not there, things aren't very good. And when it is there, things are great. But I have met people who have gone through horrific things in their marriage. And they fought through it. Because the partnership, the entity of a partnership is stronger than the parts that roll around it. They can fix this. They can deal with that. And they acknowledge, which is the biggest part of it, is they acknowledge the fact that they do have good times too. And those good times, those stories of how they met, those stories in the beginning that fuel them, make whatever's going on small in comparison. Living in a partnership needs a fuel that keeps the two people going. Even if how we get married changes as we get older. And, you know, I just did something so silly. I'm on a radio show. And when I said get married, I did the quote things, the air quotes with my hands, which I don't even ever do. And I thought, I'm doing a radio show. How silly is that? So anyway, when we get married, in quotes, um, whatever that's going to look like, there will always be the partnership. And the stronger the things you're happy about lives between the two of you, the more no-brainer fixing the stuff that goes 
wrong or right gets easier. We don't have to either love or hate each other. And there's one thing that I found happened a lot, very common with people who got divorced. And that was that one of the two wanted a way out. They didn't know how to say it. They didn't want to change everything around them, but they did want to separate from the person they were with. This happens long before any words are spoken. So what the partner does is they start to slowly trickle out the things that they don't like about their partner and the things that they do to friends or family around them, usually friends. So now they're building their story. Instead of coming out and saying, hey, something shifted in me. I don't know what happened, but I don't feel like I am part of this partnership anymore, which are different words than this marriage and I don't feel connected. I don't feel part of the partnership anymore because that's really what's happening. And instead of trusting to go to the partner and saying, why do I feel that? Because something had to, if it, if it felt far for one, it's going to feel far for both. Only one just didn't admit it yet. Maybe we need to go speak to somebody. Maybe we need to speak to ourselves. But what is not running this wheel from going forward in our relationship? But instead of going to them, they start building the complaint complaint mill that they're gonna they're gonna start saying, well, you know, he really does this and, and he does that. And people are like, wow, I would have never known. Geez, you guys have been married for twenty years, never would have known. Well you just never said anything because it wasn't a big deal. But now you have to create a big deal so you can justify without looking like a bad person getting out of the partnership. There was a woman. I met her seven years ago in Chicago. There were four of us women that got together, one from the Netherlands, one from Alabama, one from Chicago, and me from L.A. We all met in Chicago at one of their houses. This was beginning of Facebook. We all liked each other on Facebook, and it was when I used to meet people off of Facebook, which I I don't do very much anymore, but I did then. And there was much fewer people on Facebook. So after a while, you'd have a sense of people. And we got to the point where we said, hey, you know what? Let's all get together. And we did. And one of the ladies was doing that. She was working on building this horrible picture of her husband because she wanted to leave him. And I remember saying to her, and it was the first thing I said, leave this relationship, if you're going to leave it, with the same love that you walked into it with. And that startled her. And I said, you know, anyone can start complaining. That's not good for you or for him. 
you didn't marry him because of all these things you're saying and you, you didn't like him. You married him because you loved him. And all these things are saying, you knew then, for the most part. But now you're using him against himself because you want to get out of the marriage. Just be honest. And very few people at that time used to take my advice because it sounded too simple and in a weird way when you're in a relationship too radical to not demonize the partner. But for some reason, she listened to me. That hit her right between the eyes because she knew that that's what she was doing. But look at how the seed of love, once it's planted, can work. She went ahead. She divorced her husband had a relationship with another man, which was the impetus of her leaving. So I, I was like, you know, let's just be honest here. This is what's going on. This is what you're trying to do. Not fair to the husband. Don't be the cliche. Don't be the statistic. This isn't War of the Roses. They taught us to, to create an con- entire mess, and then everyone who taught us to do that through movies and articles and burning their clothes on your front lawn and whatever. None of that is going to serve you well. Might have made a good movie, but it doesn't make for a good life. But she listened. And she just told him the truth. And because she told him the truth, when you tell the truth, the truth does the work. They did break up, but they broke up with the love they walked in with. Do you know what happened? Once the sideshow disappeared, they remarried. And they are married today. Because of the way they left their partnership. They left it with respect. That respect told each of them more about each other than the entire marriage did. And that level of respect outweighed any sideshow that could have happened in their lives. It's not about replacing people. It's about making ourselves better as people. Had we not met, going back to that fork in the road and repaving it with love, had we not met that relationship would have taken its toll on both of them. And the way I look at things, they did not deserve that. I don't think anyone deserves the cliche of divorce. 
And when someone steps out of a relationship, it usually has to do with both, but only the one who actually stepped out gets blamed. But if we're really honest about what goes on, we can solve our issues in our partnership. Because our partnerships mean a lot to us. There's something in us, just like the animal kingdom, just like anywhere else, that works in twos, at least as a starting point. And we know that we're stronger in numbers. Or we would not be attracted to each other. We would not have different kinds of bodies that fit together in some way. And we wouldn't have children in our world. So there's a lot to think about. It's, it's in us. We are hardwired to attract to each other, to work things out, to work ourselves out through each other. We are each other's teachers all day long. But going back to that fork in the road in your partnerships, even if you have to do it every day, and say to yourself, how can I repave my world with love today? You will find a way. And it will help you face yourself and face others. It's a gift you will have throughout your life with anyone you ever meet. You guys, my time is up. Have a great Wednesday. I'll see you tomorrow on Dream Theme Thursday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.